Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. I love the children's ministries. Um, as I had started as a youth pastor at Rush Creek Bible Church in Grand Rapids, I watched the children's ministry there do the, some of the, you know, the Christmas choir concerts and, the, and, and all the different special presentations. And, and watching sound check happen with the kids is almost as much fun as watching you know, the presentation itself. And I remember one, uh, one evening, uh, you know, as they were preparing and the kids were all up, there's like, I don't know, 40 or 50 kids up there on the, on the, on the risers. And uh, I guess the sound person in the back said, somebody say something. And so this one kid lifts up his microphone and he says, knock, knock. And all the parents and everybody in the congregation was out there watching the sound check all responded. And he said, Panther. Panther, no pants. I'm going swimming. Everybody laughed and looked at Candace and I as our heads went down going, Aiden. Knock, knock. Cows go. No, cows go moo. Knock, knock. Little old lady. That was just worth it right there to hear that. All right. So, no joke. Knock, knock. If you could knock on anybody's door and have open access to speak with them about anything you wanted, and you knew that when you knocked on that door, it would open and they'd say, come on in, have a seat. What would you like to talk about? Who would you pick? Think about it for a second. Who would be the person that you would wish to have open access to without a problem, and all you had to do was walk up to the door and go, knock, knock. Would it be our president? Would it be someone in Congress, someone in the Senate? Would it be an entertainer, a sports athlete, a world leader, scientist, musician? I want you to seriously think about who that person would be. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of time. And if, you, if you've got someone in mind, raise your hand. Well, the rest of you need to think harder. Come on. Because I want you to share that person with either someone behind you or in front of you, not next to you, right now. Okay. All right, you guys are a fun bunch today. This is good. This is good. So you've got that person in mind, somebody that you'll be able to have a conversation with. Maybe later, maybe your homework will be that you have to start working up what that conversation will be and how, how, you'll, how you'll share that conversation. We're going to be looking at a little bit of knock-knock here in Scripture. And we're going to look at three, way, three keys to make sure that the door opens for you. 
three keys to help you make sure that that door opens. But before we open the scriptures, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you for this time that we can be with you in prayer and in your word, letting it speak to us, letting it lead us, letting it convict us, letting it give us joy and hope and encouragement. I thank you for all that you bless us with, and I pray your hand be upon me today as I share from your word, and be upon each and every one of us that we may respond to the invitation of being your children even more deeply. And I pray this in your son's name. Amen. Uh, if you would open your Bibles, please, to Colossians chapter 4. We're, we are continuing our study in Colossians. We're in chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading verses 2 through 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, verse 2, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. The first thing that Paul tells us in this section, and we have to remember, this section is a continuation of a larger letter. We can't dismiss anything else that was said, and this isn't exactly our starting point. It's our starting point for today, for what we're going to be looking at. Paul says, devote yourself to prayer. That word devote is to be close at hand. Keep, keep God close at hand. Persevere in conversation with God. The connotation to this word prayer that's used here, and I, I, before I had an opportunity to, to preach on uh, a, last, a sermon on prayer, I mentioned that there's four words that get used for prayer. The one that's being used here is the same one from 1 Thessalonians 5:16 through 18, where Paul tells the Thessalonians, "Be joyful always, pray continually." That's that one, and give thanks in all circumstances. That's another one. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The connotation to this prayer that, that Paul is inviting the Colossians and us into is, is really the idea that we stand before a transcendent God in all that we do. That we join God in his place and recognize that we are in his presence in all that we do. That our lives are to be this conversation with God nonstop, all the time. And I know that we sometimes think, well, in order to pray, I have to close my eyes and bow my head. No, this is not what Paul is saying. That we can live a life of prayer when we put ourselves into a mindset that we stand in his presence. And Paul says this is, this is imperative. You must do this. Devote yourselves to prayer. Imperative. Equally imperative. If we're standing in the presence of God, we also need to be watchful. Be watchful to become, to be or to become alert or awake. The word, actually the phrase here that Paul uses, be watchful and thankful, devoting yourself to prayer, it's the same that Jesus used with the disciples when they were in the garden and he was praying with them just before he went to the cross. And he said to Peter and the disciples, devote yourself to prayer. 
be watchful. And this is what Paul is charging us with. Be watchful. For what? Watchful for temptation. Watchful for something that's going to come along and perhaps prevent you from being able to open a door or open a door effectively or well. The passage here. Then he returned to his disciples from Matthew 26. And he found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Can I tell you a quick quick aside here that just so much fun. So much fun. The choir didn't know I was going to have that passage. And they were singing to us that passage about the spirit being willing and the flesh being weak. And I just, I sat down here and Josh looked at me because, well, Josh looks at me and wonders why I smile often because I'm in my own little world sometimes. But I'm over here with this big smile just shaking my head saying, boy, there just is no such thing as coincidence. How, how God just stitches these things together. That's my, my quick aside. And so for that, for that I say the next prayer word that Paul brings up and be thankful so in our, in our ongoing presence with God, in our, in our continuing conversation with Him, we need to be watchful that, that nothing comes in to interfere with the conversation. And as we're experiencing the now, the here, the imminent, being present with each other, with our circumstances, we need to be talking to God about how thankful we are for what he's placed us in. And boy, sometimes that's really hard. We've been standing in God's presence asking a favor on behalf of friends and family here in our church who are going through really difficult times. You've done the same things. You've prayed to God through difficult times. We have to have an attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of love, an attitude of gratitude. It's not easy when sometimes we're so tempted to complain. I know I do. What's the difference between a complaint and a lament? You ever thought about that? I mean, Jeremiah could get away with lamenting through an entire book. But we're to do everything without complaining or arguing. What's the difference? Uh, An anonymous author wrote this, really. I tried to get the name, but it was anonymous. What's the difference between complaining and lamenting? Maybe, on the surface, not much. But as with with many things in the Christian life, it boils down to what's going on inside the heart. Complaining is about being right. And getting things off your chest, it's me-centered, and if directed toward God, it typically uses, uses God instead of worshiping Him. Complaint. I hate how much it rains in Seattle. Lament. How much longer, Lord, before you bring sunshine to the Pacific Northwest? Lament is not getting things off your chest. It's about casting your anxieties upon God and trusting 
him with them. This is from the same devotional. Mere complaining indicates a lack of intimacy with God. Ouch. Because lament is a form of prayer. Lament transforms our cries and complaints into worship. You know that that's what got Job in trouble in the book of Job. He was lamenting, and God was okay with it. He was going through difficulties, and God was okay with it. He was voicing his lamentation, and God was okay with it. And then in verse in chapter 38, something switched. A switch got thrown in Job, and he began to complain. And God's response, brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. Well, that was kind of scary. God accepts our lamentations as a prayer and as worship. How long, O oh Lord? Our complaining, our complaining is not a key. Question, are you a complainer or a lamenter? Think about that. Verse 3, and pray for us too, Paul says, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. That God may open a door for our message. Do you have that person that you're thinking about? That person that if you could knock on their door, they'd answer? Have you ever thought about praying for them? That they would... Praying to God that God would open that door? You've got someone in mind, and you've shared it with somebody, and God knows who it is. Now you should pray. Regularly. Constantly. Without ceasing. Be in prayer. And Paul says, pray for him that he can deliver the message clearly. Can you deliver the message clearly? What do you think? Show of hands. I can deliver, deliver the gospel message clearly. No, no. A show of hands. Not a... Good. Good. Can you do it in a minute or less? Yes? Well, let's find out. So, I'm going to set my watch here, and the same person that you shared the person that you had in mind with, you're going to share the gospel with that person, and I will say go, and then you share the gospel with them, and then I will tell you when a minute's up. All right? Everybody ready? Go! You have 30 seconds. Fifteen.
look at that. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, pretty good. How did, so listener, how did speaker do? Pretty well? Yay, thumbs up. Awesome, excellent. Reverse rolls. Go for it. Ready? Go. Getting quiet a lot faster. Twenty seconds. Now I got to be fair to the other people here. I got to give them the full. Ten more seconds. That's funny. I just heard the word plagiarism used in... Okay, gone. Right there. That's creative. Time's up. So, years ago, um, we had... uh, There was an evangelism training seminar that was being put on out here, and unfortunately, they don't come to the Pacific Northwest anymore, but we're looking at, a, at an event they're going to have that's going to be uh, nationwide televised called Dare to Share. Um, and they did this fantastic acrostic uh, for how to do the gospel in, about a, in, in less than a minute and do it clearly. And um, I remember uh, I did this to you once before. I had you share the gospel years and years ago. I had you do this same exercise. And I brought Cody Severson up here. Cody, are you here? I'm not going to do it to you again, but is he here? Cody, no? No? Oh, okay. Um, I had Cody come up here, and he, and he, he essentially, he said this. He said, well, it's G-O-S-P-E-L, okay? The gospel. G, God created us to be with him. O, our sins separate us from God. S, sins cannot be removed by good deeds. P, Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. E, everyone who trusts in Jesus and Jesus alone can have eternal life. L, life that's eternal starts with Jesus and lasts forever. Was that about 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds? That's the essentials. But God made you unique. And he gave us all personality so that we can share the gospel the way that, that, that comes out of us. And Paul is saying, be genuine. Be wise. Be wise. Pray that, you, that God will open a door for that message, for an opportunity. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Be wise. Watch for opportunities. First off, we're praying for them and then we watch for them. And then we need to make the most of every opportunity. You know, and sometimes it's not about us walking up to the door and going knock, knock, knock. Sometimes we're on the other side of the door and someone comes to us and says knock, knock, knock. Remember a couple years ago, 
um, I, I, I don't remember all of the details because I kind of got wrapped up in what I'm about to tell you. But there was a knock at our door, and I think we were, Candace, we might have been getting ready to go somewhere, take the kids someplace, and, the, and I opened the door, and there were two of the most handsome, lovely young men standing there in matching slacks and shirts. They were clean-cut, good-looking guys. They were so polite. They were so kind, so nice. And they, and they were at the door, and they said, Hello, sir. Would you mind if we came in and spoke with you? about Jesus. And they showed me the book that they wanted to talk with me about and through. And I said, well, come on in. Come on in, guys. Have a seat. Grab a seat on the couch. This is great. Well, sir, do you, do you own a Bible? I've got, a, I've got one around here someplace. I'll be, pull it down and sit with... And we went through and we talked. And they shared their faith with me. And I said, guys, now, can I share my understanding of this with you? And they said, sure. So we kind of had a nice little back and forth for a while. Um, it was really cool. I don't believe in coincidence, right? I just don't believe in coincidence. It was really cool that the passages that they wanted me to go to in the New Testament just happened to be ones I had done big papers on when I, when I was at GBC. And I'm like, well, looky there, that's pretty fun. And I said, well, guys, actually, you know, the Greek word for that is, you, you speak Greek? Like, well, I don't speak it, but I kind of, you know, yeah, but the Greek word for that, you know. And then they went, aha, well, you know, here in the Old Testament, it says, I'm like, oh, this is the, this is the, section I did my Hebrew final on. <laughs> well, actually, guys, the Hebrew word, the one he just, you speak Hebrew too? I'm like, no, but three hours. They were in my living room. Candace comes home. She's like, uh, wow. And what I left out was, <coughs> When I told him to go sit on the couch, I grabbed my chair. I was like, here, let me sit with you guys, right? And she's like, and, and Michaela said, Dad, do you realize you blocked the door? I'm like, I did? And they're like, yeah, those poor guys couldn't get out. And I'm like, that's why I went for three hours. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Make the most of every opportunity. We had a very opposing views on who the person of Jesus was, those young men and I. But I did get to have invitation to have more conversations with them. They even wanted my cell phone number so we could continue to chat. Opportunities. I could have argued. I could have been mean. I could have. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Season your language with salt. Salt was used for seasoning the food and preserving it so it wouldn't become corrupt. Keep your words from being corrupt. The heart. The heart. Paul did not say, lace your words with pepper. Season them with salt. 
I want to stop for a second and consider that because there's a connection between our heart, our attitude, how we use our words, and this door that Paul is talking to us about. There's a connection here. What is the pepper? Okay, swearing, coarse words. But how about sarcasm? Complaining. Insults. Cutdowns. Name-calling. Being passive-aggressive. That's not wise. And when we do those things, it's about us. Looking cool. Having the answers. We've already learned it's not about us. It's about Him. So we need to season our words. So when... Hypothetically speaking, I'm driving down I-5 and someone cuts me off, again, hypothetically speaking, and I hypothetically respond with hypothetical reaction of how I have just had my hypothetical little bubble invaded by someone else's car. I imagine that the word idiot would not come out of my mouth, hypothetically speaking, of course, or yours either. We need to train ourselves for every opportunity. We have to season all our language with salt. Outsiders is what this passage is about, but I'd like to point out that we can start with the insiders. How do we treat each other in this room? How do we treat our families, our spouses? Let me go back over the pepper again. Sarcasm, complaining, insults, cutdowns, name-calling, passive-aggressive. How do we treat our children? How do we treat our church family? What does dinner time look like for you when you sit together as a family? What do you talk about? Are your conversations lifting people up or are they tearing people down? So let's read this passage one more time. Let's let it sink Sink. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Devote yourself to being in the presence of God through prayer. Pray without ceasing. Be watchful for temptation. Be thankful in all things. No complaining. Lamenting's okay. Ask for an open door and be wise in the way you act. God is inviting us into an amazing, lifelong relationship with Him all the time. You're invited, I'm invited, to walk together and to be His voice, His hands and feet, and His heart on earth. You're invited. 
Knock, knock. I don't know. Who's on your heart? Pray for them. Gary? I've got these keys. They were the keys to the first house that Candace and I ever owned. It's 1927 Arts and Crafts Home in Grand Rapids. Fantastic house. Loved it. We paid an arm $87,000 for that house. For a 2,300-square-foot house in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, can you imagine that? That's just robbery. And then we, we were able to sell it, though, for 127000 and we made out like kings. That's the front door. That's the back door. And that's the side door. I love these keys. I'm going to keep these keys with me for the week. They're going to remind me that there's these keys. Prayer. The attitude of my heart. And the words of my mouth. Let's pray. Father God, for all you give us, we give you the praise. We thank you for this time. We thank you for each other. And I pray, Lord, we walk out of here carrying your keys and not being afraid to use them. You already know who's going to knock. Give us wisdom, give us peace, and give us the words. I pray this in your son's name. Amen.